works. I, I like again, man. I just love this focus right shit. You just plug it in, and it just fucking works. You can see everything. It's so user friendly. I love it. Dude, you're standing on that focus right. Did, did you do you know who started the company Focus Right? I do not. Rupert Neve. Oh. The famous Neve wow. man himself. Of yeah. Of course. Well, here we are. We're making a podcast, our podcast, Gearbuds Podcast, episode seventy-three of that podcast. Which is just a just a big number, man. We're really we're, uh, we're up getting there. into the crooked digit territory here. Yeah, man, I love it. Um, Proud of us. Me too, man. This is this is great, and it's it's uh, just the two of us again. It is. You're Henry. I'm Dave. You Welcome are. Back. You are, and I am. This was yeah. This was by design. We got a lot of gear stuff that we wanted to talk about mm-hmm. this week, and just cut it up a little bit, get in and get out. Because uh, last week, uh, the episode, episode 72 with Rob Gibson was so freaking awesome. Yeah, and dude. So much content and deep diving and learning that we just kind of was like, I mean, that was that was awesome. But I almost I almost feel still a little like intellectually drained from that one. I just kind of want to cut it up with my buddy about some guitars and shit. Yeah, me too, man. It, it, well, it was cool because we had, you know, professional, you know, yeah, lighting man. designer slash, you know, production guy. So. It was really cool to get that kind of angle, which which all those all those types of uh, professions and folks are welcome on this podcast. You know, it we doesn't it. have to be just about you know audio engineers or or, or rock star musicians. Um, we can definitely get get you in as long as it's somewhat entertainment related. I think, right? Hey, man, lights is gears too, right? Mm-hmm. We should put that on a shirt. Lights is gears lights too. is gears too. Is gears too? I love it. All right, well, let's just do this shit. Yeah, Symphony man. of Corrections time. Here's your weekly reminder that cables are tone tubes. Thank you both to Rob, last week's guest, for, for joining us, but also to all of our listeners far and wide for listening and tuning in and being nice to us and saying hi and stuff. And as always, follow us on Instagram, uh, Gearbuds Podcast, Facebook, Dave, awesome, do cool stuff there. People people love your your touch. You've got you've just got the Facebook touch, I think. Thanks, you, man. You've got the right you've got the right vibe. And I was excited uh, to be able yeah. to post your uh, reverb article this week. So ah, congrats yes. to you, my friend. Um, that's Thank your you. second your second posted reverb article, which is. Uh, is, yeah. It's up there right now, so go check it out on Reverb.com. It is. If you get the Reverb email, there was like a full email blast so dedicated cool, to it, which was kind of really, nice. Really fucking cool. And you know, I want to say uh, a couple th- couple things have already happened that came out yesterday. Uh, gotten a lot of people reaching out about different things. People specifically requesting just my my spreadsheet that I use, which I think is funny. And if Very there's cool. a way to do that, we're, gonna, we're going to. Uh, but I, one of the things I want to quickly mention is that uh, I mentioned RigShare mm-hmm. uh, in the article, which is essentially the article is about maintaining a large gear collection, and, and RigShare is kind of this uh, sort of, in my opinion, good, cool, but not as in depth version of what I what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they actually reached out to me, and they were like, "Hey, we you know we we really appreciate you using it and mentioning us in the article, and you know we're gonna absolutely take some of your." your suggestions into, into, into mine and see if it's something that our users would like to use. And it, it was just really cool that they, just because of this article right away, they, they reached out a, you know, a, a platform I use already. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they said they're going to implement some changes and, and they, and they also sort of like welcomed me to, to give them more feedback and stuff. So that was pretty cool. Dude, that's amazing. Yeah. That's so amazing, dude. Right on. Yeah. So, uh, shout out to RigShare. They're Nice folks. Uh, where were we? Right. Follow us. Subscribe. Spotify. Apple. Blah 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 blah. blah. Uh, I've been updating. I've been I've been doing a good job of updating GearbudsPodcast.com slash free stuff. Uh, this week we've got another synth for you. Free VST plugin synth. I think it's VST AU. All the different 
formats uh, cross-platform as well. It's made by a dude named Matt Titel, I believe, and it's called Helm. And it's a 32-voice uh, polysynth, a lot of very flexible, very powerful synth. But uh, the, the one of the things that I really like about it is that it's it's a very sort of visual polysynth. A lot of times, if you haven't used them before, they can be a little intimidating to try to figure out, like, why would I even touch one of those knobs or faders or yeah, things? And that's everything like that you do. <laughs> yeah, totally. And 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 I get it. I mean, I still feel that way sometimes. Yeah. And uh, this one, everything you do has these sort of like little visual editor things that you can either adjust or just sort of shows you what is happening with the changes you're making. And I, I and I very much like that. So I'll throw that up there. Awesome. At com. Have to check in on bad fucking ideas because, of course, oh, man. I the, saw the news has been sweeping. Uh, as, as the story we've been tracking around Sturgis, uh, man, crazy amount of cases uh, coming out and being linked to that now, dude. Yeah, I was kind of waiting for this to come out, and yeah. and I was surprised it took this long. I guess it does take a while for the tests and all that stuff. Yeah, but exactly. Boy, we had a, woof, a really big turnout of uh, people who who turned out positive for this thing. They're saying that, well, they're saying it's like 400,000 people were there and you have to be careful with the, these numbers. A lot of yeah. it are projections, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're, they're the, the experts in this field making these projections, but it's not that you can't say this, but you can't say that there are 260,000 cases, which is the number uh, directly tied to it or, or people from there. You can say that it caused that many more by people by the cell phone data. They know how many people came there from out of state and even in Canada and then all drove back mm-hmm. to where they came from and then brought it with them. So then of course it, exponentially multiplies at that point but yeah so there's there's already been a bunch of deaths and they're seeing all these uh well 260,000 extra cases because of it just like god man it makes me so sad yeah yeah this this isn't this isn't gonna help us do anything anytime soon so you know it's so selfish it's so fucking selfish yeah it's uh you know and and honestly man i I don't want to say this because you know when i was a when I was in high school and, and younger, but uh, fuck Smash Mouth, man. Why did you guys have to like encourage all that shit, dude? I, I, yeah, I'm not blaming inciting them. Inciting it while they were there. I, the inciting the way the inc- stuff that they were talking about. Exactly, man. man. It was like people were going to be there regardless, but like to just like punch it in the face like that is just yeah. is such a it's just like, come on, man. You know, so fucking um, shit, dude. All right. Yeah. I mean, that sucks. Bad fucking also ideas. Not surprised. Yep. No, and, and, and you know what? Everyone's free to ki- to kill themselves and do that if they want to, but that's not what this is anymore. It's making life and the economy and the world shitty for all of us. It's not just you going out and making stupid decisions. It is keeping it so that I can't have a full-time job and people right. are really fucking hurting and dying from this. So Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's, let's come on. Let's pull our heads out of our asses. Let's do that, please. All right. That was that. Uh, that's what we got there. Oh, really quick, I want to mention, I know... Um, We've we've talked about it a little bit before, but uh, especially so back back before the Riff Library was as it is now. Mm-hmm. I used to talk about books, and and a couple of the books I talked about were in this series, and then this other book came out, which I actually still haven't bought yet, and I really I really need to called Pedal Crush. Okay, uh, it was it like the push turn move. It was like a modular synth book and an interface design book that I talked about in the past. Well, anyways, there's a pedal one, uh, third one in the series, and and it was co-created with. Uh, one of our good friends, Dan Orkin, who I used to work with and is now some sort of hot shot man at Reverb. Oh, wow. He uh, He's now making a documentary, and I think it's almost done, a documentary called The Pedal Movie. And he did that with the creators of this book that we talked about, Pedal Crush. Yeah. And uh, I think the movie's coming out in January. We're definitely going to have to have him on the show oh, to dude. talk about it before yeah. and all that stuff. Um, but they've they've just uh, you know launched uh, sort of officially on the internet, and they've got social medias and all that kind of good stuff now. So go check them out on Twitter. I'm sure it's on Instagram and all that, whatever. 
Uh, but I just saw this morning. Yeah, that, and I, I will be live and out there now. I will definitely be covering the pedal movie as a Dave's Doc um, exclusive oh, yeah. episode. I'll be. V- I'm very excited. Ever since Bro, I saw we, the trailer we're months the, we're ago, we're going to the fucking. We're going to the premiere. Whatever the premiere is, yeah. we are going to be part of it. Yeah, so just 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 know that. Love it, man. Love it. Hell yeah, pedal movie. We love pedals. We love each other, <laughs> and, and I love Dave's Docs. Oh man, uh, yeah. So you know. <laughs> I follow do, that one up motherfucker i do too yeah it, i don't know why it, it always gets me every time um i i love i love documentaries too and i i watched a good one uh, i had to squeeze one in i've had a very busy week uh squeezed one in while i was kind of working slash watching this uh documentary and okay it i got you know what i did i got my me tv on have you are you do you listen to me mm. tv Mm-mm. If you listen to me TV, if you're out there in the Chicagoland area and you listen to me TV, uh, it's it's all oldies. It's like, you know, it's 60s, 70s, uh, a little bit of 80s, definitely like some 50s. Wait, stuff. hold on, hold on. It's a TV station that just plays music. Yep, it's a uh, 87.7, I believe. And uh, so it's wait, it's a radio station. Yeah, it's me T- me TV FM. Well, me TV is also a, a, a TV station. But MeTV FM is actually the radio station. So I think they're like... Wait, isn't that the one that you have to like tune to when you have a weird car uh, radio transmitter? No, I mean, it's... Uh, no, it's You just... know what I'm talking about? Have you ever had one of those where you'd like plug your disc man into this thing and then it would like shoot it <laughs> over the radio? Like a ham radio the... or something? No, it was like a, an adapter so you could like listen to your phone or a, a disc man in the car through a tape deck. Oh, right? yeah. Uh, I don't know. It Maybe. I don't know, man. I don't know. Whatever. Man. Sorry. No, it's... Anyways. Yeah. Um, well, I listen to a lot of MeTV. Um, people, you know, might not know. It's kind of like all I listen to during the day. It's just, you know, it's the best radio station. It's it's all these oldies, and they play very little commercials, no news, no no funny business. And there's a there's an artist that they play on there quite a bit named Gordon Lightfoot. Ooh, I don't know if you're familiar with Gordon Lightfoot. The wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Exactly, man. And and there's a cool story about that, actually. Um, so there's a documentary um, for uh, Gordon Lightfoot that just came out in 2019. It's called If You Could Read My Mind. And okay. uh, you can catch it okay. on. It's on YouTube, you know, the YouTube pay channel. Um, it's available there. And um, it's it's his whole life. He was a Canadian songwriter, um, which I didn't I didn't even know he was Canadian. And, um, go go Canada. Yeah, go Canada. So they play a lot of his songs on MeTV. And a, and a buddy of mine who also listens to MeTV was like, there's a Gordon Lightfoot documentary coming out. And like right away, I was like, whoa, this is crazy. Because, you know, they play like, I mean, they probably play like 10 of his songs, like a lot on that station. Like if you put it on at any given time, there's a good chance there's a Gordon Lightfoot song going on. Okay, question. Have I heard a Gordon Lightfoot song that isn't Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald? Like me, do you think I have? Personally? Yeah, If You Could Read My Mind is a really good one. Um, okay, I don't know if I know. I can't I can't think of it just from the name. Yeah, um, there's another one he wrote. I can't think of the name of it. It's right on the tip of my tongue. Um, ah, I don't know. I well, how was the doc, dog? Dude, the doc. Oh, I think it was called Summertime. The doc was fantastic. Oh, Sundown. That's that's a really good one. Um, okay. Sundown, you better think fast, cause you don't. Oh, dude. That song slaps. Yeah, it slaps hard. And you know, you know that, <laughs> dude. You know what that song's actually about? Um, I wonder if anyone's ever accused Gordon Lightfoot of slapping before. <laughs> no, dude. Uh, oh, dude. 
I, yeah, he does slap because actually he's such a good, talented um, musician. He was such a good guitar player. He never even ever really played with a drummer. I mean, they would kind of have a band sometimes, but he was this okay. folk singer and his rhythm was so outstanding that like it could just be like him and a bass player or like him and another guitar. And it was Dang. just always like always on that song uh, Sundown. That's actually about Kathy Smith, the famous Kathy Smith groupie. She hung around with the stones a lot she hung around with um i think the band she Dang. was she was actually the person who last saw john belushi before he passed away and Damn, she was dude. convicted of shooting him up um dude, stories for days here yeah so there's a lot there's a lot to this um so anyways that was gordon's side piece for a while before all this drama happened but she was you know she was hanging around so that song sundowns about her um and anyways, man, this guy was just super, I, I think he was just one of the most like renowned songwriters that a lot of people, you know, like you said, you're like, I, I can't really name a bunch of the songs, but if you heard him on the radio, you'd be like, oh, I love this song, yeah. you know? So I, I, I love movies about guys like that, that just kind of have that background, um, you know, kind of that, that the name isn't like that well known, the song names aren't that well known, but the music is just, you know, all over, um, and he's he's still alive. It's uh he's he's like Willie Nelson's age. I think he was born in like the thirties. So he was definitely friends with, you know, Bob Dylan, um, you know, Johnny Cash, like all those guys, and they all covered each other's songs and and so he was kind of in that circle. But I I, I wonder I wonder if it was because he was Canadian that he never got as much, you know, respect in the American folk hmm. or rock scene or the or the American well, pop scene that he could have gotten. You know, of course my mind immediately jumps to Neil Young, but he right. he bailed on Canada and moved to the States yeah. early on. So maybe the, I don't know I don't know. Yeah. Did, did 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 our boy Gordy hang out in the Great White North or did he ever move down? Yeah, down yeah. I mean yeah, I think he lived like, you know, I think he lived in California for a while and stuff like that. Okay. But yeah, I, I don't know. It's just like Neil Young, you know, he's he snuck through the cracks. But but this guy yeah. kind of had a similar thing going, where it's kind of country, it's kind of folk, you know that that whole style, especially in the fifties and sixties, was all kind of mixed together. Um, yeah, so it, great doc, man. I would definitely recommend the um, if you could read my mind, Gordon Lightfoot story. Um, Rate it for us. I'm gonna give it a. See, I like the musician so much. The The movie was good. It jumped around a little bit too much for my likings. Okay. I like a nice chronological documentary. It's like a clear um, narrative. That's the fun thing about watching these things every week is I start to realize what I like and what I don't. Um, that's awesome, man. Yeah, but it's it's definitely... I'm going to give it, it 4.3 out of 5 maple leaves. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> But yeah, do oh, yourself a so favor, good. guys. If if you're out there and you haven't listened to Gordon Lightfoot, or maybe you have but you didn't know it, go you know jump on Spotify or jump on one of his like greatest hits records and just just check it out, man. Just put it on. It's yeah. a, it's a great afternoon listening music for sure. Maybe start with the wreck and and go from there. Damn I mean, right, man. Oh, that's the, a long it's a long tune though. I got the you. quick story about that is that yeah. version that you hear that that was the first time they ever played and or recorded that song. Like he literally came to the studio. They kind of wrote it together and like they just played it once they said they tried to do other takes of it and nothing was as good as that first take so remember that when you guys go to the studio sometimes that first take is really the one worth keeping it's got the energy you know and and i think yeah i agree completely and i think the lesson in that is is have your shit ready to go and fire it up so you don't have to be like oh i'm my 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 whatever tape machine broke or whatever just like have it have your shit ready to rock and roll so you can yep. press play immediately yeah i mean uh, it's easier easier said than done easier though, said than done but what what was actually considered perhaps a scratch track became like you know 
the actual one that you hear on the record. So. I guess that's lesson number two. Don't throw away the don't throw away a take until you listen to it. Dude, I, I did this thing. I don't know if I ever told you once um, working with uh, our old pal Sean O'Keefe on something. And uh, I was in there with Blaine doing doing a recording and we'd set up the day before we kind of rehearsed and knew what we had to do. And then we were going to go in there and do this scratch track. Right. And I kind of like told him, I was like, hey, man, just like everything's mic'd up and running tell the guys it's a scratch track, but like, let's just right. maybe keep this take. And we blew it out of the water and that ended up being the take that we, uh, that I'm pretty sure that we kept. We did Dude, some overdubs. Sick psychology work, bro. It's, you know, and he was like, he, it was kind of funny that I don't know if he was being sarcastic, but he's like, I've never done that before. I've always been like, okay guys, this is the take now, you know, and I don't mess like, it up folks. Right. And it's like, well, what about the take we just did? But yeah. So, um, the scratch track guys, sick dog. Yep. So there you have Good it. Good one. I might have to go and listen to a little more Gordon and dig deeper into the I'm going to throw some on this afternoon for sure, because the, the doc didn't give me like the full songs. You know, I definitely want to go back in and, and check it out. Word. All right. What's uh, what's going on in the, in the old riff library today? My Ooh, friend? I, got, I got one for you. Have you ever gotten into Sparkle Horse? I haven't. OK, I know of them. Gonna, this is exciting. Yeah, I so, know they had something to do with Danger Mouse, I think. Right. So here's here's uh, Sparkle Horse was the uh, sort of gnome de plume of Mark Linkus. It was it's one dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, the record we're going to talk about today was his, is his fourth and final. Uh, I guess you could call it solo record, but uh, called Dreamt for Dreamt for Light Years in the Belly of a Mountain, okay. which is a heck of a title. Came out in 2006. Astral Works fourth and final LP. Uh, so he did most of it at his own studio, which is called Static King, which I don't actually know much in the way of detail. I don't know if it was an actual like studio open to the world or it was just his home studio or whatever. Uh, but the story is that he released an album in like 2001, mm-hmm. uh, was a, a known, very clinically depressed person had turned in this record, turned into a five year recording process. Oh, wow. He had written some songs and had been tracking some, some stuff. But he uh, during this time, he'd gotten into the Danger Mouse record, uh, that Grey album he did, which was the mashup with uh, Jay-Z. Yeah. And uh, just amazing production. Also, of course, has you know gone on to be in half of Gnarls Barkley and do, do tons of awesome stuff. Well, anyways, mm-hmm. he got somehow got in contact with him and they decided to work together. So the, this record is a lot of, a lot of collaboration. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's, it is, it is, it is his songs of course, and his voice and, and writing, but it's done with almost every song has someone else on it. I think there's maybe one record or one song on the record that doesn't have a collaborator. On it, I but love it's him. records like that. Uh, That's so cool. Dude, St- Steven Droz, the drummer and, you know, genius behind the flaming lips and, mm-hmm. well, and guitarist, of course, uh, plays on a couple tracks. He plays drums and guitars on stuff. Dave Friedman, who's famous for having been, and the Flaming Lips producer forever is on a track. He, he, and actually, he did like half of the recording and engineering. Uh, Tom Waits is on a track. I don't know if you ever worked with Bo Sorensen, but he was the one because a lot of this was mixed at Smart Studios, which, as you know, Sean O'Keefe worked at out yeah. a lot before it went away. Uh, Bo Sorensen, who is also part of that world, he did a lot of the engineering and recording and stuff on here. Um, but the music itself is awesome. I, I'm a fan of all of his 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 works and he later went on to do uh, a couple years later he did a collaboration with danger mouse and a bunch of other amazing artists and david lynch called dark night of the soul Mm -hmm. which has a a bunch of really awesome songs on there but anyways um this is his last full length the songs are i i've I've started i've started to kind of hate like having to describe music with words for these things like i I like talking (laughs) about the records themselves do you want to describe their sounds or colors would that be easy yeah well i just it's easier just to listen to but i'd say it's in that sort of very uh kind of beautifully recorded but sometimes blown out and fuzzed out yeah. uh, songwritery kind of stuff but cool. it's it's definitely rocky it has elements of i'd say like granddaddy or uh 
I can't even think of anybody else because I feel like in the meantime, Sparkle Horse has then gone on to influence so many people. So of course, uh, it's hard for me to like get back band because again, this did come out in two thousand six. Um, but you should absolutely go listen to it. If you, it, it's another one where if you do not like the first song, you will absolutely not like the record but the first song right. is a super banger oh, and, awesome. and does have steven droz on drums it's called don't take my sunshine away it has this crazy breakdown where it's because it's it's not like metal or anything but it has this like all of a sudden it just gets like super nasty and yeah. fuzzed out and it slows down a whole bunch and does this really heavy thing um i can't i can't recommend it enough unfortunately again it was his last record and then sort of famously i guess and for infamously he killed himself in 2010 oh wow um yeah he was again a very depressed person throughout his whole life and that is eventually what took him um, yeah really took those yeah really graphic and horrible situation at the end there but um yeah i just want to end this by saying you know uh depression is real and anxiety is something i've dealt with and if you feel yourself going that way it's okay to not be okay but also definitely reach out to somebody and, and try to get professional help and talk to somebody um because you know unfortunately there does seem to be this weird cross-section of creatives and artistic people but also depressive peace people and, and anxious people and uh, so you know we would rather keep you around and, and and get some get some art idea in the future rather than lose you so definitely yeah, please, please if you're if you're ever feeling that like that just reach out to somebody and get some help all right cool well said 2006 sparkle horse dreamt for light years in the belly mountain oh the last thing i do want to say about it is the record itself the uh i have a i don't have an original pressing i have it's a few years later they they released some more it i don't think it ever had a huge amount of pressing to begin with but i really love the artwork for it because it if i can get it sort of artsy fartsy for a second here the it the cover is like a it's like a beautiful frame <clears throat> around the outside. The edges are an actual frame. And then it's got this placard on the bottom that says the title. But then the inside is this all this like coll- very collage-based art with really old things and cartoony kind of kitty things superimposed on each other. And I feel like it's super representative of the sound of the music. It is all kind of in this very beautiful frame, but with a lot of sort of collaged weird elements going on inside it. And then the second thing that I want to say is that I love records that list out per song, what everybody did. It's like, it'll say, it'll say the first song, Mark Linkus, all instruments produced, recorded, mixed by blah, blah, blah. It goes through all that stuff per song. And I just love reading that. I feel like that is a lost art in, in these, uh, these worlds and even at one point uh, up in the top before it gets to in the individual songs on the back it says gear colon electron plus epiphone plus moog like that's <laughs> it which is, is pretty cool it's so it's cool too when yeah. you can read all that and then see how it all fits together cohesively on like one record too especially you know dude i remember like i i had always loved the song the drums on don't take by sunshine that first song i talked about mm-hmm. and and i always sort of subconsciously thought that i was like man that sounds like it could be on you know the soft bulletin or Yoshimi Bell's the pink robots, like a very flaming lipsy thing. And then it turns out yeah, it was produced yeah. by the flaming lips producer and played by well, Steven Rose from the flaming <laughs> lips, you know? So th- just being able to learn that kind of stuff that isn't immediately obvious. Good intuition. Is, I'm into that man. Yeah. Super into it. That's awesome. But if, if you ever listen to it, which I recommend that you do, and I'll put it on the mm-hmm. Spotify playlist, uh, you'll hear it. It's not like a huge leap. It like it totally sounds like, Oh, that's, that's like a flaming lips move right there. But Oh yeah. You know. I'm definitely throwing that on. That sounds fantastic. Yeah, all right, let's get into some future gear here. Got a couple quick things to touch on, uh, and then I and then I want I got some gear. I got some gear. This oh, you got some gear news about going it. on. Yeah. So uh, first, Native Instruments has announced Machine Plus. Have you ever fucked with Machine? No. Is it software? 
is so machine is is actually a, a historically for the past however many years have been a software hardware integration you've got software on your computer and then you've got this machine it's sort of like you know that ableton push 2 that i have yeah. with all the like the buttons and yeah, stuff on there it sort of looks like that mm-hmm. uh but you know again it's a, it was a software it's made hardware specifically integration. for this right Right. Now they've just announced, and I believe it comes out at the beginning of October, uh, Native Instruments has announced Machine Plus, mm-hmm. which is a self-contained machine. It has processing on board in that, you know, little sort of push to size thing uh, with like, you know, computer processing and all that shit. And you don't even need to have a plug into the computer. You can do every single thing from the screens on the machine itself, nice. which is awesome because it sounds, I mean, dude, you got to check out some of the demos on this thing. Like the machine itself, you've heard so many hits that have used songs or sounds from it and built built their tracks within it. It's, it's an awesome piece of kit and so i've i've always held off because i kind of jumped into the ableton push 2 thing and i was like well i've already got it on the computer but the the idea that this is its own self-contained thing that i could work on at home bring it to the space with me in you know like a laptop size bag and have a full production suite without having to be plugged into a computer and everything but still have all sorts of different synths and drums and guitars and whatever samples you want on there and doing all kinds of crazy real-time looping stuff without being plugged into a computer i'm like dang dude i might have to get one oh dude I, i think you do i think you do need to get one. <laughs> I think I might, honestly. Add it to the list, man. <laughs> Add it to the list. No kidding. So yeah. I'm excited about that. Definitely uh might have to stay tuned and see if I actually pull the trigger. Plus you have myself. enough you know you have enough amps at the space to to run it oh, into God. something, right? I it's the sort of thing that I would definitely run into the PA yeah. because you know you've got stereo. all the well, st- stereo for sure, but also the just a lot of full range content, not like just guitar or bass or whatever i'll have like drums and synths and crazy stuff like all that all the stuff that i'm running that isn't a guitar or a bass i run right through the through the mixer and pa Beautiful. and that sort of stuff next thing quickly want to mention here our buddy shelby pollard aka the proprietor of black bobbin yeah uh, his new endeavor they have a signature edition of a pedal that's coming out which i'm i saw which that I'm stoked it's a on. delay it looks really right? cool it's an oil can style delay, uh, oh. old blood noise, black fountain. So they, this is a, a fairly well-known uh, pedal to begin with. I think it's like a, a V3 or something at this point. It has tap tempo, a small, you know, not like a giant box or anything small sort of, whatever, I can't even remember the number off the top of my head, uh, size Hammond box. But anyways, it's in uh, Chicago blue. So it's like the Chicago flag colors. Cool. And uh, Yeah, I saw the note, artwork is sick, yeah. Artwork is of note because we've talked about, I mean, it's been a long time since we talked about it, but just the idea of oil can delays in general, uh, you know, there aren't too many pedals that specifically specialize in that style emulation. So they don't, that's a good point. Yeah. And like some of them, I mean, the vintage ones obviously are, most of them are pretty messed up by now. Most of them are pretty broken and very hard to, it's even to get the materials to make, to update them is is tough. So they're a a a bigger footprint too. I I think a lot of those are like the uh, Morley style, at least the ones I've come across. Yeah. They're big boys. So this is, this is a more compact pedal that'll fit right on your board. That's yeah, man. That's awesome. I Check it out. Uh, blackbobbin.com. I know yeah, they're on pre-order right now. People. I don't think it's, yeah, I don't think it's available yet. Uh, oh, this was kind of big news. I don't know if you noticed this, but, uh, offer up acquired let go. Okay. I don't know if you ever mess, mess with those, uh, I have, I you know, mean, sort of like Craigslist eBay type things. I know offer up. I haven't heard of let go. Is that? Yeah. Okay. So that's like it's the same deal. Same exact deal. Yeah. So you, you post pictures and get rid of stuff. Uh, and, uh, it's, it's, that's been, you know, it's always been sort of down the, 
the priority scale for me in terms of like where I st- like if I'm like looking for to check out some stuff, I go to Craigslist and eBay and Reverb, right. you know, and, and and then maybe like if I'm if I fully exhausted all those things, all right, let's see what's on offer up and then maybe let go. But anyways, they, those two have consolidated, so it's just one less app you've got to have on your phone. Oh, that's now, cool. Basically, have you ever bought um, anything through either of those? I have, yeah. I don't, man. I'd have to look through my archives <laughs> to uh, to figure out what it was, but I'm positive that I I think I got my I know at least I got my couch on one of those oh, okay. and and my entertainment uh, center I got on one after Damn. I moved, okay. but I've gotten some gear too. Uh, unfortunately, much like Craigslist, you you do you do run into some sort of scammy <laughs> looking stuff. But yeah. I have I would imagine that now that Letgo has been acquired and they've consolidated, there will be some more sort of customer service and oversight and that sort of thing. I don't yeah. know, but uh, I just figured I'd mention that because uh, hey, it turns out you didn't even know about Letgo anyway, so it's not. I, a, yeah, I'd never heard of Letgo. Obviously, offer up I've I've seen, but I I can't say I've searched those. Like you said, I, I did the big three, you know, the Craigslist, mm-hmm. Reverb, eBay, especially the big if for, three, especially if it's for gear, yeah. Yeah. Um, Dude. Is, do you have to weed through a lot of like trash though? I mean, you know, kind of like how Craigslist can be sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. It's I, honestly, I don't though, mind it's, that, I, by the way. It's I just, I'm so over Facebook marketplace that I just oh, like almost dude. never even go there anymore. And it's unfortunate because it's just like another untapped potential. We need to, we need to, we need to create the, the app that solidifies gear offerings from all of those things. You can just search across all of the different marketplaces and reverbs of the world in yeah. one thing. We need to make that, man. I like that, man. That's actually a really good idea. And um, I also wonder, this is kind of a little bit off the side tangent, but like, you know how like Facebook marketplace has like, it allows you to comment on things. I think that's, yeah, it, that can be kind of cool, but it also all, all you have is like people shitting on like what you're selling and being like, that's too expensive, dude. Like you're or, or tagging it. their friends. Oh Which God! I do to you yeah. sometimes, we do sure. it to each other. Let's yeah. be honest. Yeah, yeah. I don't search the uh, marketplace too often, but no. they they do come up in my feed once in a while. Exactly. I'm always tempted to tag you and stuff, but then I'm like, eh, you know, I don't know. There's, we got enough, you know, enough. Well, of that dude, going on. before we get to like, some of the acquisitions recently, I I because I've been spending so much t- time, and we'll we'll talk about why looking on these sites recently. I just I've got some more things I want to complain about. Oh, I love. Can this. I just can I just can I just moan for a minute? Yeah, baby. Okay, this is this isn't specific to Craigslist or any of the sites or anything like that. Uh, this is this is a, a comment on gear in general. Okay, but one of, I've noticed something that really that really frosts my tips is when people name gear, what well, manufacturers name their gear with non-intuitive numbers in the name. Okay, like like the like the, like the GT three fifty two or something, and you're like what that, is that? Uh, okay. So, inherently putting numbers isn't bad like you know i what i'll use a, a friend and and someone i respect his business both is our amps yep. when he puts a number in there it's a cabaret 13 because it's a 13 watt amp right film noir 50 because it's 50 watt well, amp. obviously that's yeah. fine that's perfect. and i'm also okay if you want to like put like a seventy-five thousand or something in there to make it sound all goofy and weird what bothers me is when you use a number that could be misconstrued like for instance the uh. old marshals they would call them the, ni- the 1987 you would think that that means oh this amp came out in 1987 it absolutely does not mean that it came out in like the 60s so you know that that or or like Do you know what that if meant? an amp ha- i did at one point i couldn't tell you off the top of my head i wonder if it has right to now. do with like an 87 like a or like the jcm two uh, or the jcm 800 right those are there's the 2203 there's a 2204 yep. like those don't mean years but even whatever but, but <laughs> it, it's fine but like if you put like if you call something like the 350 and it's an amp that could theoretically be 350 watts but then it isn't that oh that dude. is just stupid that like don't don't 
Don't exactly, dude. Chaps yeah, my ass. <laughs> so don't. That really bothers me. Yeah. I've got a couple other things I've been noticing. Oh, what were you gonna say? Sorry. Well, we were messing with some overhead mics. They're called the. They're the AKG. Uh, the C one thousands. C one thousands. Yeah. Um, those are those were like everybody's cheap first yeah. small diaphragm condenser Which microphones. For apparently, sure. I find out they take batteries. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they batteries and phantom, I think, right? That's wacky. Yeah, they take batteries yeah. and phantom. So we couldn't get those to work the other night because uh, <laughs> Jay was like, he's like, I think this takes batteries, but we couldn't figure out how to open it. And I didn't want to start like unscrewing his, you know, overhead mics and stuff. And oh, I, yeah. I've never seen them before. Um, yeah. So we ended up using something else. But yeah, that's uh that's a that's a that's an OK one, though, for you. Right. This like a C1000. It just means it's just yeah, a cool number. Well, I think that one is. I mean, I know the mics and like. The, because the, they're f- they were famous for the C12, and so there's been like... So particularly these, like this. an amp or something is more what you're talking about. Like if it's not the wattage or the speaker size or something like that. I guess really that ha- that has been the main the main right. thing, yeah. Yeah, because like the, Ampeg has like the B15. Like it's a 15-inch speaker, the B12. Oh, here's another one. Yeah. The Vintage 30. You you might One might think that 30 that's watt. a 30-watt speaker. Right. It is not. Those no. are 65-watt speakers. Right. Yeah, baby. Or maybe seventy at the old ones. I don't know, but yeah. regardless, like don't if if it can be misconstrued as another number that it fits into that product category, just don't do it. So one All day right. when you when you inevitably design your own guitar amp, it will not have you know arbitrary numbers on it. Well, it might it might have the number four because I'm Henry the Fourth and I decided ah, to post four. See, now it makes uh, you wonder. You want to dig dig a little deeper, you know? You want to go well? Why why did they call it the you know the 1987? You know. There, yeah, and I have and I have looked that sort of stuff up before. I can't remember that one off the top of my head, but there are, Marshall is one of the offenders. But they are not alone. There, there have been a number of these yeah. types of things. Uh, and I just don't like it. Another thing I don't like when people say testing the waters in their mm. in their in their in their sales. I feel like I've seen this more happen on Facebook, which is maybe part of the reason that I feel so prejudiced yeah. against it now. Right. Uh, but don't test the waters. Sell it or don't sell it. Don't make a listing. If, what does that even mean? Yeah. Why even or why even like mention that in your listing? What? If you're testing the waters, you don't have to tell people you're testing the waters. You're going to get less people interested Dude, in point. the product. Just just put exactly. it up for sale. And if you get some hits, then you're testing the waters. You don't need to tell people. Just don't reply if you don't want to reply. <laughs> yeah, just don't reply. Be, or be like, it's sold. I don't know. Like, whatever. Yeah. Um, that's a really GTFO. good point. Yeah. How about uh, only selling because it deserves to be played? Uh, I mean, I again, I think it's lame to put that in the in the thing, but I've sold many I've sold many instruments or many, you know, pedals or whatever because I wasn't using them. But I guess putting that in the listing kind of doesn't, you know, that doesn't really do anything. Yeah, I that one of all these ones that I'm complaining and about to complain mm-hmm. about, that one probably bothers me the least. Yeah. And I do and I completely agree with your your sentiment. You can feel that, and I felt that, and I and I would prefer things be used. But also, it's just like as a selling technique. I don't. I don't. Yeah. I I, yeah. It. I don't think that's going to help you sell it any faster. How, how about this one? Thin the herd. Oh, dude. <laughs> I've got mixed mixed opinions on this one. My favorite part about this is wait. So you've got like a dozen Stratocasters, and you're just selling like one or two. Like, how does that work? Like, remember right. that what, guy? Which herd? Remember the guy who had like all those pedals mostly boss pedals but he had like he wanted like twenty thousand dollars for like all those pedals i think you sent oh, me the listing oh it was, it was a craigslist wicked collection the, probably Insane. the craziest pedal collection i've ever that seen guy that guy could be thinning the herd that guy yeah. was definitely thinning the herd because you know he was keeping some pedals Dude, that guy is selling the whole farm <laughs> there's no herd that he he is the land and the and the cattle and everything i'm not kidding going, you. i couldn't count how many there must have been a, over a hundred pedals on that in that photo 
it was more than that. And they were crazy. all the Duplicate. most unobtainium, yeah. wild, rare, vintage, you name it, pedals that you've ever seen. Like an, an entire Peak Cornish collection, all the love pedal stuff. Not even like beyond Klon yeah. or anything like that. Exactly. Although I will say I did I did get a little bit of joy out of not finding a harmonic percolator in that pile. Uh, he might, granted, the dude probably has like four of them shoved up his ass. Right. But in, the, in this listing, I could not find. Now, and it was kind of a grainy, weird old looking picture. But To be fair, and to go back to last week's episode, or whenever we were talking about it last, um, he did say if you if you know what you're looking at or what it, what was it you know did what he you, say that yeah I think it might have been in there I think for, but in that instance if you're if you're looking at this you already know what you it already is. know what it is yeah I, I think in that instance that he he did have some rare ass shit it's not like he did yeah it wasn't Absolutely. just like a like a 90s stuff I've never seen in person for sure yeah like a lot of it right <laughs> so. That guy was awesome. But oh, this all right, is here's fun. the last one. This is one, like dude. my new favorite. Here's the last one I got. And this yeah. is this is probably the the worst one. Gotta buy it before I change my mind. <laughs> uh, what? Oh, okay. Yes, sir. Yeah, I've just I, we've talked so much about it. Yeah, of course we've like wanted to sell stuff and then changed our mind, but that that doesn't play into making a listing for it and then saying, Well, before I change my mind. You yeah. make that decision. Once you pick that thing back up. You decide right then and there whether or not you're going to get rid of Absolutely. it. You're not going to change your mind once a listing's up already. Get the no, get out of here, man. Get get out of town. Wow. Yeah, man. Oh, those, this is fun. I really like this, and I don't feel yeah. as bad about it because you know these are just like anonymous people on Craigslist. Yeah. You know. So and it's, we've it's all a seen one. a thousand posts that oh, have this yeah. stuff. So and and frankly, I'm positive that I've said thinning the herd at some point in oh, one sure. of my listings before. You I've, know, I'm not. I'm not guiltless here. I'm sure I've said I'm selling it because it deserves to be played. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I have. I do. I don't think I've ever said testing the waters before. That one. No, that one's that's always just lame. Annoying. Like obviously yeah, you're testing the waters. I think you're doing that anytime you put something up for sale, unless you're blowing it out for like five dollars or something like that. You know, dude. Oh, last thing we gotta say because we were talking about this earlier in our little group group thread with our, our good buddy Stingray. Oh, the, what episode uh, was he on? Man, was was it like eighteen or something? I don't even know. It was a long uh, time ago. But you know, if if you listen to the show, you hear us talking about yeah. the stinger. And anyways, we were taught we were passing back and forth. The uh, there's this there's this listing on Chicago's music instrument oh Craigslist for a piece of art, and it's art. Okay, it's art. It's definitely art. When I first came across the listing and clicked it, I was appalled. But then as I as I clicked through <laughs> mm-hmm. further and looked at more pictures and saw the immense scale of the art i was completely floored and what it is is i'm just gonna i'm just gonna get it out there right in the open it's john lennon on the crucifix it's a crucifix yeah but the crucifix is the the vertical post is a guitar neck Mm -hmm. and the horizontal post is a a a stave of music apparently the the uh the (laughs) melody the the notation for uh the ballad of john and yoko because right i I should i should add john's naked and covering the front of him climbing him is the rear rear naked yoko with a big fat ass like not even not even like (laughs) skinny little yoko butt like just like a big old butt right on there wow it it was i mean it was uh in in artist's representation if you will it's massive it could it could replace the crucifix in any normal church and be yeah. the right size when i first saw it i thought it was maybe like a weird guitar you know or something because it does have the guitar neck and i was like oh that's like a really weird way to design a guitar because you got the guitar neck and you got lennon yeah. i don't know how you'd play it but you know some kind of wall art that was maybe three feet you know maybe four feet 
No, it was it was the, he had it. It's next, like eight uh, feet. He posed it? with. I had to have been because he had it posed up next to some guitar cases yeah. and like you know bigger. standard Gibson cases, standing straight up. The they didn't even reach up to the crossbar. You know, it was like huge. it was it was massive. Yeah, and it's for sale right now. So should you be the sort of person? And I frankly, I am the sort of person that would like to own this. But should you also be the sort of person that would like to own this? I think it was only like six hundred bucks. Yeah, which I say only, uh, you know, kind of tongue in cheek, but still also. I don't know. It's a one of a kind. It might just tie your practice space together, (laughs) dude. I'm telling you, man. I think it would look good in either of our practice spaces. Uh, we or may Stingray's have his office. Yeah, we, we have may to have get a three way. Share. Have to three way share it with uh, Stingray. He said he couldn't. He couldn't share it though. He was just too much for him. He, he just once he once himself. he hangs it up, he's just got to leave it there. And you know, I can understand that because it is. Dude, this artist is wild. It is too. something We're else. Looking at some of his other stuff, it's well I done too. I mean, like the face of, yeah. of John Lennon looks. It looks like him. He looks yeah, more looks beautiful. Like you can tell even, what it is. Actually, right. Um, the art. Yeah, I don't know. Just the things you find on Craigslist, man. Uh, I'm telling I love you, it, man. in the musical instruments section. Do you don't think it would be like if I if I posted that today on the Facebook because we are film we are recording this a little earlier. That yeah. wouldn't be like disparaging to the artist or anything, right? To share his to share his work. I don't know. I mean, I think it depends on how you frame it. Like if you don't, yeah. if you just post it just for, for consumption of the world because yeah. the world needs oh, to absolutely. see it. I mean, we're talking about it on a podcast. No, it literally I'm is going to say somebody buy this and then it's just I'm not trying up. to directly disparage the no, artist. No, neither It's just I. so fucking wild I couldn't and have insane that I almost like fell that. out of my chair when I saw it in the Craigslist musical instruments category. I mean, and the guy's got a studio. He does other work. So I, you know, I think we should try to get him on the, on the pod, man. I'm, I'm not against it. Whew, dude. Well, we already alluded to it. We're just gonna get right into it. I got some. I got some fucking. I got. Some uh, yeah, you that did. We need to talk about. Yeah, here. you did, buddy. And uh, you know, I almost felt a little guilty as you're the bass man getting this sort of thing, but um, I don't know. I just had to do it because I, I've been in the market to to get myself a little uh, little bass amp. And, well, I think and I, I got, think I, I got one. I think I did say before you you specify what it is. I did say on on our last. I think it was our last episode together. Uh, how if you are into you know looking at bass heads and you need some you know uh, a little advice or maybe just some opinions on things we could we could even talk about it on the podcast well you just went ahead and bought the holy grail of bass amps <laughs> so uh, screw you but also I'm very jealous and excited to finally see you once again hopefully one day and get yeah. to get to stick my uh, input jack in that thing so oh baby so yeah we got I got a I got a late seventies Ampeg SVT it's a uh, the curved line, which you know, of course, this is before I before I acquired it. Uh, I I had known a couple two tree things about about SVTs and Ampeg. Of course, I've owned numerous Ampeg guitar amps, um, but you know, the SVT itself, there's there's all this whole sort of super interesting story with it that I wasn't. I, I knew that it involved the stones, but I didn't know the whole sort of all the gory details. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so I man, I've I've got I own I own an SVT now. It is currently. Uh, I, I played it for a few days at home, which, you know, I'm sorry, neighborhood, uh, about that. <laughs> I figured out what, at what frequency my entire home vibrates. Before and to remind when I was, the folks, when I was doing it, you were yeah. using it through, you were using it through your 610, correct? I've got an S, the, that Goliath senior SV or SWR 610. Yeah. Oh, I bet that uh, sounds awesome. It sounds really great. I'm super, super stoked on it. But I, what I was going to say is that, uh, because I, I I want this to be my forever home, you know. I, I, it's mm-hmm. a forty five year old amp. It's three hundred raging watts of, and, and the, the one that I got had been recently, maybe like within the past five years, all NOS, GE, and Magnavox tubes, which I guess are like the sort of holy grail for right. those tubes. Anyways, I didn't want this thing to. I, it sounds awesome and it sounds great, but I don't know. I wanted it to get to get 
looked over nicely and, and be, be treated well. So I brought it over to our good friend Balthazar, who we've already talked about. He uh, He's in the process of going through it with a fine-tooth comb to make sure it's all perfect and ready to rock for another 30 plus years and see how the tubes are doing and all that sort of stuff and then you know of course if if when getting into it we decide well maybe we should tweak this little thing here or there we can <laughs> we can we can do that um i'm actually heading over to the shop after we're done with this um Ooh. ostensibly to work on the film 50 stuff but also um you know obviously i'm gonna have to bring that shit up because like i miss my amp and yeah what's going on um well you you did get to you know you you did get to meet the guy um it was sold locally you got to you got yeah. to you got to pick it up. Um, obviously, you took I it did. home. So, how's your back? You know, we all know that I just recently turned another year older, and my back is just—it's uh, <laughs> dude. That thing is a beast. Did it make a popping noise when you lifted it up? Did you I, cradle it I, like a baby, like I suggested? Because I do not trust I those did. side handles. Like I did, and then and then I tested the side handles, and I'm sure fine. it's fine. So, yeah. Uh, eventually, when I brought it over to Balti's shop after a few days, I I definitely just carried it by those things. I was awesome. Like, Fuck it. It's dude. It's so heavy. Uh, it's it sounds i mean it does like what you imagine it's that yeah. it's got so much power and beef and, and then grind. you can push it and it's got grind grind is the perfect word for it yeah. i'll tell you though and and again this is i don't know i don't know what's been done to it in the past necessarily it doesn't look like it's been modded but you never know mm-hmm. uh but uh, so i know that you're you're a mids boy and yep. you like lo- you love pushing the mids I because it has a it has a parametric mid section you right. can choose what to cut frequency in the mid selects and then you can also cut or boost whichever one and I have found my personal favorite way to use it so far well there are two ways but on the sort of channel one I guess it turns out people never really use channel two on those is SPT that the bright channel? Just, channel they're both two? the same but one just has more mid, control on the mids okay uh, but because of that most people just always use channel one uh, but so there are two ways that I found that are awesome to use it one I really actually like taking the like low mids and you know bringing the that parametric eq down mm-hmm. uh so i don't remember maybe around like 200 or 300 or something like that hurts and then actually cutting a bunch there and then boosting the shit out of the base and then throwing the ultra low on and it is just this like massive low end it's like a pillow crazy but it's like it's it was when i cut the i felt like the boosting the mids made it almost a little too pillowy like yep. it was kind of this like this pushy thing when i was cutting the mids out it kind of it felt more i guess it felt a little more like a modern bass sound than right. the like 70s thing that it is which of course is cool too if you want to just like get straight to you know lemmy territory or it's interesting like i noticed like plugging you know that 75p bass that i bought from you years ago and straight into that thing and oh. then just like immediately hearing a hundred bass tones that i've heard before yeah. it's like instantly it's like oh this is gang of four or this yep. is the clash or whatever it's just like holy shit that yeah. is that sound no, like you, that's you, that's I mean, what it you is you bought the benchmark of what every amp company now is trying to do with their lighter you know the class d heads yeah. and and the and the pedals you know even like a you know a 300 dollars dark glass pedal essentially they're trying to get to that tone and except you can run it through a mark base and throw it in your backpack and that sort of thing but mm-hmm. you what you have is is the staple for where all that came from so congratulations it's interesting thanks man it's it's interesting you mentioned dark glass because we haven't really talked about this that much yet and uh that was I I I had decided I was like okay, there are three amps that I will buy right now: yeah. an SVT, uh, a Mesa 400 plus, or one of the Dark Glass. I was yeah. like, either I'm going full on crazy nasty tube sound, or I'm getting the solid state version of that. And and because I just was able to to swing such a just a screaming deal on the amp, I like basically. I don't want to get into the specifics with this thing in case I ever sell it in the future. Right. But the deal that I got on this thing, yep. I would have probably paid more 
to buy a dark glass. Yeah, probably yeah. if you wanted the 900 for sure. Right. Yeah. Which I would, of course. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that was what really sealed it for me. And when, when that happened, I was like, I need to act fast, you know, get uh, someone else. Because I saw it was a reverb thing. I saw that he had dropped the price very recently. And then I sent an offer and we were able to negotiate and get it down to a number that, yeah, I was very, yeah, that's, very pleased. No, with. I was, I was like, when you sent that to me, you're like, what do you think? And I'm like, dude, just get it. Because, you yep. know, um, whether you like it or not, which you'll you'll love it, obviously. But if you ever want to sell it, you'll be able to to do okay on yourself, you know. Um, exactly. But yeah, I mean, and, you know, think, yeah. think about it, man. You'll like, I mean, yeah, you can run a pedal board and all that fun stuff, which I'm sure you'll geek out and do all that. But you'll yeah. never need to get like, you'll never need to get that dark glass pedal or that Sans Amp driver or anything mm-hmm. that like really boosts, you know, that grindy kind of you know, uh, low end midi tone. So you've got it all there in a, in a, in a 96 pound box. So <laughs> dude, you could say that again. Oh, I mean, realistically, I will never, unless someone is moving stuff for me and, and right. I have a road case, I'm never going to gig with this thing. Like, of course, no. if I was in a situation where I needed to gig with a bass amp, like I would either use that stupid little combo I've got or, yeah. or, or get something different. This is, I'm bringing this into my practice space. It's going to be super fun to play it every time I'm there. Oh, it's going to sound fucking wicked on my recordings or when I record other bands. Like yep. if I ever record your band, we know what you're recording. Oh, with. absolutely. The so it, it's that, and then again, I just hoped. I really, honestly, hope to never have to move it again. Unless somebody, <laughs> unless somebody moves it for me, I'm not going. Did you to, bring unless your, I have to move out? Did you bring your cab over there yet? Your 610 cab to the practice? You know, board? I was going to, but because I well, now you don't I, really I don't, need to, right? Well, I, well, and I didn't know when. Balti was going to be done with the amp. So in case that it like falls in the period where I can't get into my space for several days in a row, I want to have that cab at home so I can fucking play it until I do go over there. Yeah. But yeah, I've been close to bringing it over a few times just because I've been doing a lot of other work and stuff over there. Cool. Um, Which actually brings me to the last thing that I want to talk about. Okay. Which is I got a mono case for my 335. Congratulations. Oh my God. Those are nice How have I lived my whole life? Without one of these things, Dude, honestly, so I don't nice. know. They're so nice, man. Like, yeah, I, I went, I, I, I splurged. One, I got the, I got the Vertigo, which is like the top of the line yeah. one. It's not like the sleeve or whatever. Which right. the sleeves are, are really nice too. Mm-hmm. But I figured, you know, I've got the, I've got the hookup. Why, why not get the, get the really good one? And, and I love. I mean, I've said it a few times, and I think I'll say it again. I think my three thirty five has become my all time favorite guitar. Oh, that's such a cool guitar. And, and you know, that supplants the Les Paul, which I still love, but man, I just love, I can't stop playing the 335 at home. And it's been a real bummer because I've only got a hard case. I've got the original hard case. I don't right. like carrying the stupid hard case over to the space. Didn't have a gig bag that would fit it. So I was like, all right, I'm doing, the, I'm going to take care of this guitar that I love so much. I'm going to get the mono case. And honestly, dude, I can't, cannot, cannot recommend their cases enough. Yeah, Holy dude. Crap. No, they're the best. I mean, you know, there's a reason why you you pay for it, but yep. they are the best. And um, I was going to ask you, does the uh, hypothetically speaking, would the Les Paul fit in that, or is that the body way too small to fit in that case? Yeah, it, it would fit. I mean, you know, uh, that it sort of defeats the purpose of having a, a case like that because since it isn't you know snug and it has all these sort right. of like neck lock things yep. and blah 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 in there that. It would fit, but I I don't know if I would even honestly do that. And and I have and I have bags that are good enough for the Les Paul that I don't really worry too much about it. But I mean, if 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 they wanted to give me one, I would fucking love to have it because it's awesome. And so not only did I get the three thirty five bag, they also sell something called the Tick, which I don't know if you've seen yeah. that, but it's a little. It's sort like, of like it's like a little purse it, that clips onto it or something. Yeah, right? 
clips on the outside, but it's like, honestly, dude, it's, it's nicer than, and I've got good luggage luggage. It's nicer than any luggage that I have. It's, it's so perfectly fit. I can fit so much crap in there that yeah. like, I, it, it's awesome. And I, you know, they're, they're a little bit bigger because it's a little more stability and a little more sort of external padding and whatever, but it's still not, not giant. But with that on there, man, you could, you could have. You, if you're the sort of person that could use like a little micro amp, you could easily have your whole rig just on your back. I do with, have with a micro. I do have a micro amp, so that yeah. actually might be a really good. I use like a I use like a backpack from the '90s to you know I padded it and stuff. But yeah, that's what I use for my Mark base. Uh, oh, and the 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 the, the, pa- the the uh the just like not even the tick itself, which I've been talking about, the actual front like storage bag on the front of the case. Could oh yeah, definitely fit your head in there. Oh for really? Sure. Oh wow. Yes. Well, that is. Man, if you could just throw everything in one. I mean, look, before all this and lockdown. Carry the crap, cab in your hand. I, I know a few months ago we were talking about this because I, I, I first I was looking at the double ones because I like to bring two bases to a gig. Yep. Um, I was looking at the single ones, just like like you said, like the cheaper sleeve ones, which I know if you if you dig around in reverb enough, you might be able to find a used one for like, you know, 70, 80 bucks. Um, oh, really? I haven't seen them if, that cheap. Yeah. Just like I've, I've seen a couple used ones pop up and like they don't last. I mean, it'll be like there yeah. for a day or something. Um, but then again, like they hammer you with shipping sometimes on some of those, you know, mm-hmm. they'll be like, oh, it's 50 bucks. And then it's like $100 to ship it. It's, but obviously at the end of the day, you want to take good care of especially your favorite guitars. And uh, that's I'm, the point that, that, that that's it, the right? moral of the story, I think, is that even though yeah like the mono cases are not cheap they're several hundred dollars and whatever you know you can probably get them for a little bit cheaper than that if you know what to do but regardless i just because i wanted to play that guitar at the space and i'm very nervous about breaking my vintage 335 i just i don't know if it felt it felt a little i was a little nervous about making such a big purchase on just a, a freaking case yeah but then now that i've actually been using it for a few weeks and bringing it back and forth right and like not even thinking twice about it yeah you know use, i'm gonna have to throw it over my shoulder when i go over to balthazar's in a little bit like right. it's dude it's so good so anyway if you're on if you're at all on the fence about getting like a nice and they're not the only company that makes nice gig bags of no. course there's reunion blues and other companies yep. in my experience mono just Levi's makes are good the best stuff yeah uh um, and Dude, I I just go for it. I have to, man. I mean, I've I've got I've got a Roadrunner case that I've literally had since like it was used in a guitar that I got or a bass that I got way back in like you know two thousand five or something six, mm-hmm. and it's it's trash. It's actually getting to the point where the. I think the uh, strap is like stretched out or something because when I put it on both straps, it weighs like way off to the left. Yeah. But I can't even adjust it like to the correct. So I got to get something, man. I mean, I'm, you know, but you know, I throw it in my car. And like I said, man, if if we were gigging right now and that kind of stuff, um, Mm -hmm. you know, then, then I'd be, I'd be on board, yeah. but you, you know, you have a bag that fits so that it's, yeah, it's getting fine. the job done. I, did, I didn't even have, I, I literally, yeah, it was just your hard case, case right? you yeah, know, and, and I just don't, I don't like carrying those around. Yeah, man. Especially if you got to jump in like an Uber or someone, you know, someone yeah, just has right. a car, it's just, you know, it might not even fit, you know? So, um, I'm happy for you, man. I was going to ask you too. Um, cause I know you're going to, to Balthies and I don't want to hold you up yeah. too much longer, but what guitar are you going to use to go mess with some amps over there? Well, I mean, because I've just been spending so much time talking about that 335 and the mono, yeah. I mean, I've just got to bring the 335. And your ear over. is like so toned to that guitar right now, too, I'm sure. I, do, you know, it is. I, I, I definitely, I still play the Les Paul a lot. I, I mean, I play all my guitars uh, all the time. You know, I've gotten to the point where I don't have anything that, other than the Explorer, which I still pick up now. You still and play again. the Telecaster like, a lot? 
I have it sitting out right now. Yeah, wow, it's it's good cool. to it's good to it's good it, to your point. It's good for my ear to not just get completely one hundred percent tuned in on one thing. As much right. as I just love playing that three thirty five all the time, yeah, it is good for me to like. Oh yeah, that's right. This is what a tele single coil sounds like, and this is just like what a lower output humbucker or whatever P ninety sounds like. I do I do I do like to switch that up. Yeah, for sure because it, because of the exact point that you're making. But yeah, I'm bringing the 335 just cuz again, I've got that case and I just like it's I just like toting it around. It feels really comfortable on my back and I've there's a bunch of other stuff that I'm bringing over like stuff that he has loaned me throughout the past several months or whatever. I'm just going to bring all that back Beautiful. and I can throw it all in that little, little tick on the back there. That's awesome, man. Well, yeah. um yeah, I mean, I, I know I know you guys are doing some super secret undercover stuff, but I hope we can <laughs> I hope we can talk a little bit about it. You know, next time we get yeah, a, a I don't know in. how super secret undercover it is. We've I mean, I think we sort of talked about it a little yeah. bit in the past, but just you know, making some making some tweaks to a current product to make a future product of it. Although, and I don't know that I can share this yet, but there he did make apparently he's tried some like a very major change to it since the last time I've been over there, which I guess was like a month or two. Okay, and. Uh, and I'm excited to hear what that's going to be Ooh, like. Yeah. So I'll That'll fill be cool. you in. Nice, man. Another, do you ever like, another, do you record those just to see like um, audibly what the difference or is it just up to your ears basically? Like We have done that, but the, the, the sort of way that we have it structured, what we're the trying to accomplish right now, we don't really need to. It is about making choices in real time. Yeah. Uh, and we just have both hooked up at amps, like a stock one and then the, the one that's being tweaked. So just to quickly, cause like if you, if you take more than a couple seconds, your ear loses it. So you just got to have to be able to quickly go back and forth, but it will like, well like, all right, let's listen for this particular th- type of response or this the way that it compresses here or distorts here and then just going back and forth back and forth back and forth awesome but we have done some things like well of course we're yeah where we have recorded but not not today no it's more about just like all right what what do we prefer in the room right now with and we always use the same two by 12 cab that he made um with cream backs in it so that that always remains the same there's no sort of variables with that because if you start switching speakers then all of a sudden that completely changes right there's so many but yeah what are we even listening to at this point and as long as you're using your tone tubes you're going to be in good shape so you know dude you know i've got a full stock of tone tubes set ready to go (laughs) bring them with me for sure at all times all right buddy fucking all right love you as always good cutting up with you and uh don't go to if there's another sturgis that happens between now and the next time we do an episode let's just like not go to those bad fucking ideas man